When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hello everyone, it's Gigpod episode 196 and we're doing something a little bit different. Some may call it fun, others might call it a complete waste of time. But we're doing the debrief of horror, seeing as it's Halloween. I'm Stevie and it's fitting that I am joined by the biggest monster of all. It's Rizzo. John, you're just back from London. How was it? Hello everybody. That was some, uh, hello Stevie, that was some great satire there. No, it was uh, good as usual. London's always a great laugh. I went to a... Yeah, this was Shockey, a poor English Premier League game, West Ham versus Everton. But John, you tell me it's the greatest league in the world where there's no bad football. Well, that I think it must have been the occasion, the post-Europe hangover for West Ham, similar to a post-Europe hangover. Who's the score with West Ham in Europe? They beat 2-1 off of Olympiacos, and they beat uh, yesterday 1-0 off Everton in a terrible game. The atmosphere wasn't great. It's, in fact, every West Ham game beat me, the atmosphere's been poor. Because it's mostly fans moaning and complaining about the manager. So it's just like Celtic Park. Did you get any bevy? I know the game, I didn't. What about, did you go to any bars there? Did you go to any pubs? I went to a couple, yes. And uh, I had some gluten-free beer, would you believe? It's pathetic. Well, thankfully they don't sell that in Molly Malone's, I don't think. They don't, Molly Malone's. Molly Malone have got cools. And that was what I was drinking in the airport last night. was with my delayed flight, so there you go. How much were you paying for that? For the airport pint? Aye. 6.30. Bloody hell. I think that's no bad for London. What was it? That's about £3 or something in here. Aye, but that's the Great Molly Malone's. That's not an airport. And that's where we are tonight, John. That is where we are. The Great Molly Malone's would never charge £6 for a pint. For two pints, yes, but not for one. So what sort of stuff do you go up to? I went to that game and I went to two art galleries. Right, so what happened to the art galleries? I, <laughs> I, went, I went to... Have you heard of Marina, Marina Abramovich? Who's that? She's like a... a is that all Infinite Day with Roman? No, she's like a performance artist. So is that one of the weirdos? Aye. Well, she doesn't need any more, really, because she's an old woman now. But what she done was... <laughs> she done... She had a recreation of a thing for years ago with her and a guy who used to be a fella were naked in a doorway and you had to walk through them while they were naked. But they recreated that with a guy and woman. So if you wanted to take it, you could either walk in through the doorway through the naked guy and woman, or there was a, there was a side door so you didn't need to walk through it. But I did walk through the naked man and woman. What was going through your head? What? Is that genuinely what counts as entertainment these days? No, there's loads of other stuff there as well. Was it just that? You were saying you saw PSG places in London? I saw a PSG shop that was uh, a bit weird in London. It made me think, why is there no Celtic shop in London? Do you think that would make a good trade or do you think it would like... Oh, well, the board would love it because they charged double the price. And they'd be near their beloved Tories as well. There was like PSG shop adverts over the subway and like buses and stuff. It was I didn't expect that at all. But no, London's always good. But I'm not going again probably until April. Oh, how would you cope? 
If only there was a Molly Malone's in London. Well, John, I believe you've got a spooky coincidence to talk about because the last time you went to London when Celtic were playing Hibs, what was the result? It was nothing each. And, of course, this weekend it was nothing each. I was relying on updates for you. And uh, we won't talk about it a lot because I know you and Dan covered it in detail on uh, the pod that I did listen to. But... uh, it sounded like a terrible game and uh, a beloved Monty actually he messaged me before it and he went I'll give you updates and I didn't uh, we never set up hams and I didn't get one single message from him you know, <laughs> no. Monty was messaging me all game and I see <laughs> bastard I'm no, he's no invited on the pod ever no but I the last time I was in London for a Celtic Hibs game was February 2022 when we were on live in Sky and it was nothing each. I only saw the last uh, 20 minutes. And it was after. Was it no after we played uh, Bodo Clump? I think the 3-1 game. No, get beat 2-0 the away game. Yep, it was after. Because Ange rested half a team. That's right, that's right. And it was a terrible game with few chances. I, d- I saw the last 20 minutes in a pub. Because this game wasn't live, I didn't even bother like trying to find somebody to watch it. And you were just saying that like we weren't creating any chances. And it was a worse game than... Uh, the game in February 2022. Although I remember being in a really bad mood when I was messaging you that time in London. I was watching it with Hamish and I think the beer played its part as well that day. And I remember just being so frustrated because I was convinced that Rangers were going to go and beat Murrowell at 3 or 4 0. And they were, of course, winning 2 0. Then that was a game they drew 2 each and we uh, ended up gaining a point. If only that had happened yesterday, but hey ho, we're still five points ahead. Have you ever had anything scary happen to you during a Celtic game? Well, I've had to pay a lot of money for a vegetarian pie. <laughs> I can't really think of anything scary. I mean, I was at a game once that got fogged off against Aberdeen in, I think, 1992. Is that the one Charlie Nicholas lifted up a ball boy? No, that was against Dundee United, I think. This game got called off, and uh, I think, unbelievably enough, the Celtic board made it cheap for them replay in midweek. I think they made it a fiver again or something, and I think we drew two each. That was when Aberdeen were a good team first ever time sitting in with uh, away fans in the 90s and it was at Fur Park which was a hellhole for us back in the days um, and do you know how that end the, the, the op- like opposite where all the away fans are in Motherwell behind the goal where behind Motherwell the goal. fans are now yeah so we got a ticket me, my uncle, my granddad had a ticket obviously we always got a ticket back then in the supporters bus for that particular game I always remember like my uncle saying to me you're going to be with the home fans and I was, t- I was bricking it and that I was I was convinced that we weren't going to get out and stuff and I think I just overplayed it in my head because obviously everything was fine the entire time but that game we won right obviously in fact you'll, you'll get us don't get any Wi-Fi here but I just know if I tell you the score you'll know who uh, scored the goals it was Celtic 1-2-0 Hey Donlin Collins What a fan Thank you Collins scored his right foot but we never celebrated I remember my I never celebrated the first goal and I remember turning round after it because my uncle and my granda went mental when we scored to make it 1-0 with Donnelly. And I was turning round convinced that we were going to get kicked out or we were going to get battered or something. Because in my mind I just thought like the away fans and the home end is just not meant to happen and it was illegal and all that. I built it up in my head as if it was like a war crime or something. Was it no for Celtic fans? No, no really. There was like, I'll go into the one um, another time I've been in with the home fans a season later. Um, but yeah, that particular game after nothing happened and then Collins scored the goal to make it 2-0 with his right foot I remember thinking right okay well I've no, I've no been battered here and we've no been chucked out and we've no, the police haven't lifted me 
By the way, bear in mind I was uh, I was still no ten years. No wait, no I wasn't even ten. I wasn't even ten. It was uh, I think that was. No, I think I just turned ten. November ninety five, wasn't it? Aye. Aye. So I was ten in March ninety five. Aye. When me and uh, Lee went to that Celtic Hibs game at Easter Road at the end of last season, there was loads of Celtic fans in Hibs end. But then I suppose like, I mean that was like, uh, a game that didn't matter. Well, it didn't matter to Ange anyway. But I mean <laughs> nothing like. Nothing really scary happened, like, because it was loads and loads of Celtic fans, nobody really bothered was around. The season after it, they had that iconic one, Decanio, Cadet and Tom, Kamarnock. Oh, that game, free one. Uh, I'm going to go to Marshall later, but I was in with <laughs> the Kelly fans that game and it was a bit more mixed. I think my world experience uh, went my favour for that game, so I wasn't such a paranoid wreck getting into it. I think we were going to get all battered and lynched. Uh, the scariest thing about that was Gordon Marshall's performance, but thankfully... Uh, that front three ended up salvaging us. There was a pure horrible atmosphere actually that had the potential to spill into something really ugly. That Hearts one, 2011. Remember when uh, Lennon got attacked? Like it was like even for the, I mean, anybody watching it in TV, never mind being at the game, you could tell that that was just a really like, sort of hostile atmosphere. Well, the funny thing is, the only time I've been in a game in all the years I've been going to see Celtic, where there's been like real trouble after it was at Tynecastle. It was uh, 2002, we won 4-1, wearing that yellow top. That was on a Sunday? It was on a Sunday, and it was uh, maybe 4 not at half-time. Like, it was just weird, there was like, loads and loads of Celtic fans, and like 10 Hearts fans, and like they were like, getting it like, con and all that. And there was one Polish woman like, screaming like, in a walkie-talkie like, for reinforcements, and a guy, I won't name him, uh, who, as, who last I knew him was actually a postman he was a Celtic fan but he actually became a postman and he was like anybody that moves or anybody that doesn't fight or something something he was like wanting to have a fight and unbelievably enough he turned into a postman he won't blast near us well if he is I'm not saying who he is anyway he knows who he is but uh, no that was the only time of like full of the atmosphere was like dodgy or bad or scary and even like when I used to go to Celtic games at Ibrox I mean there, there was never this like Hostile, like there's going to be a right, like riot atmosphere. I think my first Celtic Rangers game, like properly, was the one uh, May 1995. You know this? Three nothing. There was a game, right? <laughs> I was at my grand's listening to the radio. Do you remember the New Year game we got beat four two? Unfortunately, yes. Three 0 down after like twenty minutes. Yes. I remember listening as a wee guy, and the radio was so clear about how missiles were on the pitch. And I, somebody threw it. No, but I literally thought it was like. Rockets and all that <laughs> on the pitch, and I'm a wee guy greeting, saying to my granny, "Oh no, my granddad's in the game. There's rockets." <laughs> I'm thinking it was. Like, I mean, thinking it was like a conflict and all that. Well, you were only eight, I think. Then you would have been right. I, I think it would. I, cause I was eight. Aye, aye. Because I was twelve, because we were both born in the same month. Ten days apart, ladies and gentlemen. If you want to send us a presents and mark, we'll let you know near the time. We'll never do that, John. <laughs> No, but that was the last game really for the the old board like that. I know the board were on. No, it's weird that that game. I think as far as I remember, Celtic were only a point behind Rangers. I think the league was like dead, like sort of congested. I think it was us Rangers, like Aberdeen, Dundee, but all dead close together. And then of course, I think after that game, Celtic didn't win for another like twelve games or something ridiculous and fairly fairly bits. And then like Fergus McCann took over. I think four months later, and then we lost to Barrow in the 
I was in a game. So was I. The one where all the so fans like came 36, back. Thirty six thousand. I like there'd been like 13,000 before that, and I went to that game. And, and we, we still get beat. Well, it was rubbish. a scorching hot day. Aye, rubbish. But anyway, uh, so let's move on, right? And we're going to talk about what players, whenever they were up against Celtic, you felt nothing but dread. And John, you have a list to go through here. Yes, Shell Olsen. I don't know if people remember him, but in the nineties, Dundee were actually a good team that used to like get to cup finals and like get into Europe. And he was a big reason for that. The Tom McLean was a manager. I think they finished third, 96-97. And uh, that was the season I had to get promoted, and they finished third in like, 97-98. There were always a hard game against us. I remember we beat them 3-2 the cup. in the Cup. Uh, I, Eric Pedersen. Eric Pedersen scored an own, own goal injury time. But uh, I think Olsen scored in that game, and he scored... A week later, the Celtic Park, and we drew one each. But no, scored against Rangers a lot too. Scored against Rangers a lot as well. Now, every time we uh, came up against him, I thought he's going to give us a hard time. And I thought he was a, an excellent player. He's sort of forgotten these days, unless you're like an old guy's like us. But no, I thought he was an excellent player and a really good Dutch United team. Bear in mind, our main demographic is like 23 to 29 as well. So they're not going to have a clue who he is. No, because his heyday was like the late 90s. Well, they're only going to remember the next one either. Who I've got is a guy that terrorised my youth. Uh, Dougie Arnott. Anytime Celtic played Murrowood, this guy, was like, he was only like, what, five foot two or something, wasn't he? Aye. And he always scored. I know, like, you, know, you always hear about how Motherwell's record against us, especially at Far Park, is a joke. But see, like, in the late 80s, early 90s, they beat us at Far Park and at Celtic Park. Regularly, they had a great record against us, and Dougie Arnott was a brilliant player for them. Scored loads of goals against us. I think he scored in that cup final they won as well. When Tom Boyd was our captain, and followed on and scored. But no, he was like that was he was a sort of guy who got in the Scotland squad. And like nowadays, you wouldn't think unless you're like a sort of specialist, like having an amazing season, wouldn't get in the Scotland squad if you played for a team one well. But no, he was a he was a great player. Rudy Scatchel. Oh yeah, he was good against his eye. Rudy Scatchel scored quite a few goals against us as well. In in fact. Even though uh, he became a, a Celtic cult hero as well in the 2000s, Paul Hartley was a nightmare against us. Yes, he was uh, an excellent player. Yep, I mean, don't never forget that time he <laughs> celebrated in the crowd when he scored a goal for Hearts in a meaningless game that had the potential to cost us a league. Although we've done it ourselves a week later. And then that was the game Craig Gordon ran up for a corner. More on him later. Great guy. Right, so we're going to move on to a ground then that filled you with dread. So, John, this is where Celtic in the 90s is going to be a real highlight show of them. You can talk about your ones there because I've listed for myself uh, in the 90s it would fur park of Murrowell and I'd say in the early 2000s to mid 2000s games at Inverness. Horrific. No, even the mid 2000s, I'm to the 2010s as well. I'm trying to think here in the 2010s. We've been playing the league. the league, of course. No, I was thinking. There was, a, there was a game that always really stands out because I had the worst hangover of all time. It was the one against Inverness. We got beat 3-2. I think we were winning 2-0. Big Yan scored 2. Uh, Mark Brown was in goal for us. 2007. Uh, and do you know remember Inverness had like a, a Romanian striker, Nikolai or something? Mm-hmm. They spent quite big money I can't remember his name. It was a he's decent player. And I think he scored the winner or he, he made it to each anyway. But yeah, uh, there was always games on Satanta or it might have been on Sky as well but it was always when we went to Inverness the matches were just so uncomfortable and I never ever enjoyed them 
But yeah, I think Inverness, certainly in recent memory, for Park in the 90s. But what was that about Falkirk's, aka Brockville, back then that you hated? Oh, terrible stadium, it was a dump. And we struggled there. I remember uh, we got knocked at the Scottish Cup there one year when I was young, and that ended the season for us because we never used to compete for the league. Uh, 1996, when like, the first time we'd competed for the title for years, we dropped points there. And I mean, even in Tony Mobley's season, we drew three each there in an absolutely ridiculous game. Remember that? I do. Actually, yeah, I do. I think Scott Arfield played against us. He was like, I think in his 20s back then. Yeah, that was just garbage, basically. So no, I've always hated <laughs> playing Falkirk and... Thank goodness they're in like, this League One now. Did we go over a game 5-4 there? Aye, that was in like 1992 or something, I think. I think did Collins no score a screamer? He did. He, I think we were losing 4-2 and won 5-4, I think. I do remember my uncle when he broke for a lot, though, and he, he hated it. I think it was like, it was always 3 o'clock kickoffs and... I never went to Brockville. That's one of the stadium I never went to. But anytime my uncle came back home and I'd be asking him about the Celtic game, he just never wanted to talk about games at Brockville. They were always a just a forgettable experience, really. Do you know what I just remembered? Do you remember uh, Rugby Park used to be a nightmare in the nineties? Remember that goalie Dragoji Lekovic? Ah, uh, he was brilliant. He aye. was amazing. There was a game we drew now now, and he like single-handedly stopped us. I remember because Rangers could be final at Tynecastle, not East Ibrox. Johnston. And if we'd won, we'd have went to Aberdeen. No, Robbie Potter's bad for Brendan as well. It's not as. No, as bad as Easter Road. <laughs> we just got to skip over that one then. What, Easter Road? Aye. Well, no, I mean. Talked about it enough. Ah, but we didn't mention that the last manager to win both uh, Celtic League games at Easter Road in the season was Neil Lennon. And was 20. 2011 2012. 2011 2012. Opening game of the season, 2 0. And then, I think, 5 0 or 5 1. 5 0. After Rangers' uh, administration. And we've played at Easter Road loads of times there. We've never once managed to win if we were playing there twice in a season. Unbelievable. Takes us on to the most terrifying Celtic performances over the years. Is there any that stands out, John? Because I think out of the list that we've got here, I think Up Media was, was like a freak one, wasn't it? See that? And I'm, I'm not even going to talk about the Covid season ones either. Because the Aberdeen 4 each game, I remember, was one that we really had to win. And you were thinking that if we got the three points there, we could maybe, I think we were playing at Ibrox a couple of weeks later. Yep, in we February and we're thinking if we can get the three points and hang on here we might be able to do something there and snatch this league that, everything that could have went wrong that game and we did get that, the, the most ludicrous handball from uh, Edson Braffide um, I remember being out uh, tuning in on it through the old BBC app on the remember the Blackberry phones you got Aye. I got that and it kept coming in and I just couldn't believe my eyes that I turned it off at 4-2 thinking with five minutes to go Why? we're good we're okay and then got the app and had Signal again, it's four each, and regrettably, <laughs> I do have to say, by the way, I do remember throwing my phone in disgust in uh, that Blackberry smashing. <laughs> you never told me that before. It was one of the Blackberry curves, they were terrible, but I, I did that, it was just a, uh, put me in such a mood. It was a Saturday at like 12 o'clock or something as It well. was, yeah. Rubby, I was down, do you know where I was? Down at the People's Palace. Oh, were you? I was, aye. I don't even think that's open anymore. Well, no, taking in some culture, it'll be the last time I do that. <laughs> Yes, I mean, we've got this St Mung game that we lost 4-0 a couple of weeks later. That was such a bad result, the manager gets sacked the next day. And then we've got these other games we're going to talk about, three in a row, in uh, winter 2010. We drew one each with Dungeon United, but we gave away all the games with Celtic Park. 
we gave away, we drew one each other to give away a goal in like the 94th minute. Drew two each round when we were 2-0 uh, up, I think 20 minutes to go. And then, and I think the coldest day ever, almost the weather as bad as a couple of weeks ago, remember? The biblical rain. We uh, drew one each for Motherwell. Uh, no, Kelly. We drew one each for Kelly. Connor Alex Salmon. Connor Salmon scored. That's it. Was it Chris Ayer? Maybe it's good. No, no, Rodney. Rodney, that's it. Aye. Rodney, of course, I got him confused. And he's now married to, I think, like, one of the best women's football players ever. There you go. There's a, there's oh, a do you know who he's married to? Huh. Remember the. <laughs> Remember the guy? Who's the guy? Who's the DJ? Martin Solvig. That's the last eight work. That's who he's married to. Alright. Remember that? Aye. When he asked the guy, they got out with twerk. Aye. That's who he's married to. And she's like one of the best football players, born football players ever. <laughs> Very strange. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, they, they were uh, three terrible, terrible games. I went to, I think I went to two of them. I didn't go to the Commander game because this was shocking. It was too cold. It was freezing. I remember going just because there was nothing else to do. Actually, it was a midweek, and I think it was the week before Christmas or something. No, I, I, it I was because we played, we played St. Johnson to, and beat them 2 0 because we and uh, just after Christmas. Chaddery. Uh, and Key, and then we beat Rangers 2 uh, 0 when Samaras scored. Of course, and in between, we, I think we beat Malibu with the McCourt goal 1 0. And Brown gets sent off. Or That's Brooks. right, and then he missed the game at Ibrox. That's right, aye. We'd like four or five home games in all because we kept getting. Oh, that Motherwell Ham was a horrible one. Ham game get cancelled and then it get rescheduled and we drew one each mind. That's right. Yes. Uh, Lenny was like in full Lenny mode. Great, great memories of 2010 11. That season was so ridiculous. We should be applauded about it one day. John, what Celtic player for you always put in a horror performance that gave you PTSD? You know mine. Well, forgetting Gordon Marshall. Yes, I know. We've talked about him and. We've probably talked about him in this pod, we talked about him in the old pod, I know you always hated him. Ruined so much in my time supporting Celtic growing up, and do you know the worst part, he never seemed to care. No, you know, and of we, course he was in goals from Motherwell when we blew the league that just, day. I, but no, no, he always put in stormers against us, wasted time against us, but whenever he conceded terrible goals, he never seemed to take any responsibility, I go, oh that was, that was a bad one for me, he blamed everybody else, there was a time, uh, we beat Motherwell 1-0, do you remember this? Van Hoydon scored in the last second, we get sent off. He hold down yeah. Lee McCullough. That's right, yeah. Uh, because he miskicked a back pass. Mm-hmm. Celtic haven't been blessed with a lot of great goalies. We've had, there's been some exceptional ones, such as uh, Arthur Boric and Fraser Forster. Forster. But a lot of the goalkeepers grown up, uh, as a Celtic fan, they were crap. But Gordon Marshall really, really was the worst of them all. Just, and, and I'm all for Celtic players, right? See if they... You get the ones that maybe are the most talented, but... My God, you know, they, they put in some amount of effort. Gordon Marshall never did, and just as a wee guy, like, I remember just always being so appalled every time he was playing. His distribution was crap, constantly fumbling, and even when he saved, like, penalties, they were unconvincing, because, like, he saved one, and I think Owen Coyle scored, and I scored his good day today. We won 2 1. Just everything Gordon Marshall did was never convincing for us, but yeah, whenever he moved, he went to Murrable, and he went to Kilmarnock. Like both games actually you played both games, 2003 2000 and, and, he, and he took so much joy five. he took so much joy in it when we blew the league and you know what that was your fault that's no his but mm. it was just his attitude was stinking and the commander when he just wasted like time when the team had nothing to play for and then conveniently for Motherwell he made like some amazing saves like through for Bellamy and Hartson and you're thinking another day when he was at Celtic mate they were just right through his legs not better than anything no Mullet were right bastards that day. I mean, I'm not taking any away from Motherwell because that was really in fault. 
like, I mean, we just blew it up. I mean, come on, look, just put a boot in and we're playing, like, just terrible footballing. I'm not on bitter, 20... She's very cheated, I 21 years ago. Well, it's the Halloween episode. It's a scary uh, episode. Who's, who's your one? I'm going to pick... Uh, I've got two, and their performances were so bad, they had, like, very short-lived careers. Uh, Taylor Blackett, who would go on loan from Manchester United and played against Molde in Warning season. And he, was, he came on as a sub for an injury and he was so bad he took off with 20 minutes to go. And I don't think he played for his ever again. And <laughs> the other player is Gordon Marshall's brother, Scott Marshall. He played one game? One game when Rangers beat his 3-0 at Celtic Park to win the title. I mean, what about a career, the brothers? That, I mean, I think we signed them on loan, but you can sign players on loan obviously any time then. Yeah. And we get Tony Warner. That's how we get Tony Warner. And I think we must have had an injury crisis. I don't remember who should have played that day. Must have been Reaper or Nostops, I think, did play. So, did Reaper play? I don't know, I don't remember. Yeah, I'll be maybe. Could have been, but it must have been an injury crisis because Marshall hadn't played a minute for us, I'm sure. And then he made his debut in like, a big game where we had to still win as well at Parkhead and we failed. Actually, I suppose the atmosphere of that was sort of scary because it was. Did just... you fall down for the tier? No, that wasn't me. <laughs> That wasn't me. How dare you? Uh, I think that guy's in jail now. Uh, I wouldn't say what for. But, uh, <laughs> no, that was sort of like looking back at atmospheres. I mean, no, that was probably worse in the city that night and, like, people were fighting around the place than the actual game. I wouldn't say what I witnessed uh, walking along Barrowfield Road going to the sports bus that game. But, yeah, I think I was uh, 13 or something and uh, some of the scenes were... Uh, Chaotic to say the least. Um, I had to really hold on to my grandad that day because, like, some of the some of the scenes after that was were so volatile. You were fourteen. Thank you, John. Just <laughs> <laughs> keep keep tabs right on me. Right, okay. Um, I'm going to ask you about a, wee, a ghost story in a minute, right? We need to do this hilarious comedy here. Yes, I was going to get to that. <laughs> so we've uh, tasked each other with three Halloween scents to come up with, just um, because this is a comedy podcast or something. After all, that's all we think. So the three I came up with were Frankenstein McGarvey, Mark Grim Reaper, and Albane Ayeti. Rizzo, please make my heart sink. Well, you better tell them about Ayeti means the Yeti, in case people don't get it. You've told them now. Right, okay, so mine's is Craig Brawley. <laughs> <laughs> Harold Drackback. Groan. <laughs> and... Craig Goblin. <laughs> well, well, that's alright. Do you know what you had on Drak Bat? Bat? Even better. John, this is turning into the Beano here or something. <laughs> I well, wish we were as good as the Beano. Well, we have got Desperate Dan on. Well, that's true. Oh, he was in the Dandy. I know, but still, it's the same company, isn't it? DC, it's great same company. Same club. Aye. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, see, before we talk about uh, this, before we get snap out this Halloween nonsense, have you ever have you got a shit ghost story? I actually, Do you believe in ghosts? I suppose. Aye. Do you? Well, I, I used to be very cynical, John. And then something happened and... I think I've told you this story before. You did, but it was years ago and only vaguely remember. But no, basically, I've I was, never... Basically, I was at a bar and you bought me a drink. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's not happening tonight. And wonderful Molly Mons. But no, I've never had a... Sort of ghostly experience or anything like that, no. But... You have, and why don't you tell the listeners and remind me about what happened? December 2009, I went to uh, the Kingdom of Fife 
for like three days. Um, it was myself and... Thanks for the invite. <laughs> so yeah, I was with somebody at the time and uh, we went up this... It was like St. Rue's Tower, it's called, in uh, St. Andrews. It's one of the places that, you know how, where the walkway, like the stairway, is so narrow that it, you can only go in one at a time. Mm. So, like, see if somebody's coming down, you would have to, like, basically stop. Move to the side or Move, something? Aye, but that way, uh, you can both go up and down at the same time. Like, it's that narrow that, yeah, you have to really, like, sort of go to the side and I'd have to, like, squeeze my stomach in and all that <laughs> for people to get by. So, we went up to the top of it and uh, just looking, taking photos at the top of the, the tower and stuff and it was just us two there and so we're walking back down and as I say we didn't encounter anyone at all and so we've got to like near the bottom and I remember the pair of us were just like walking down at the the last stairwell and we just heard footsteps approaching us and they both looked at each other going there's nobody else here but the footsteps were starting to get louder and louder and louder behind us to the point where there was no rational explanation because if it was a person we would have seen them so I remember the pair of us just looking at each other and uh, in tr- typical brave guy style I was I was first and I just liked it <laughs> I just liked it going fuck this so I remember always used to be really cynical and used to like roll my eyes at anybody telling ghost stories and any any sort of experiences with, with spirits and all that and I used to think oh shut up get lost give me peace the only spirit for you was whiskey Am I right? <laughs> um, <laughs> no, ever since that, I mean, 2009, that just opened my eyes to the whole uh, paranormal world. world. Yes, and ever since then, I've... And see that place you went to, has that got like a folklore of ghosts or something? Well, apparently there's a, it's a, it's a friendly monk. Oh. Apparently it helps you if you fall down the stairs and it helps you up, but mm, I, I didn't fall down any stairs. So, I don't know what it was following me about for. Oh, well. But, aye, so that is a, a shoot uh, ghost story that all the years I used to think. In fact, tell me what age would I have been then? 24, I think. What year was it? 2009. 25. No. no. I was 24. Oh, 24, aye. 25 and 2010. All oh, right. Because I was a mosquito on my 25th. All oh, right. But, yeah, I remember that is just, I, I honestly used to think to, to myself, what are you ghost stories? Well, that nonsense. I'm just in it just to try and milk people and get money, and you know, you get all the people who are like, uh, who do you call, call the people that read the palms and all that? Who are they? Tarots. Tarot card readers, aye. Aye, all right. I used to think, like, all right, and the, the, the paranormal activity mob were just in it for the for the cash and all that. And no, just leave the X Files, you believe. But, but, what's the tag of the X Files again? The truth was out there. Well, the truth was out there in St Andrews, brother. A good ghostly story there at the end, the Halloween bit of this week's special episode. You want to talk a wee bit about the uh, injury news and the uh, St Mirren preview. And you've got a stat to tell us about a cropped player. So, John, the floor is yours. Well, be- because like, the next pod is going to be after a Celtic game, I thought we'd better talk about the St Mirren game because it's getting played in two days' time. St Mirren who have, like... Practically the same record as Rangers. If they win their game in hand, they'll have the same amount of points as Rangers. So they're a decent team. And we've got obviously really bad injury news going into the game. Rio Hatati is going to be out until after Christmas, confirmed by Brendan. He'll, in fact, he might not play for us again until September because Japan have got the Asian Cup. September? No, February even. Because Japan have got the Asian Cup. 
so he'll get picked for that so he'll be out for a long while and the worrying aspect is so this is this can actually add to the Halloween aspect the horror aspect is when Rio Hattai hasn't played for Celtic this season we've, we've had four games in the league where he hasn't played a single minute and in those four games we've scored one goal so who that goal was against? Uh, thinking here was that it was Rangers that's right, wasn't he playing? That was CCV. That's right, we, drew, we lost 1-0 to Kilmarnock, drew nothing each with St Johnson, beat Rangers 1-0, he came back, and then of course, he was missing in Saturday, we drew nothing each. So, that just shows, I know you obviously love his attitude, but even you agree, he's going to be a massive miss for us. Oh, a huge miss, and you know, you saw that on Saturday, for example, even at a half-foot Hitati, Certainly would have dragged the players out of space for guys like Matt O'Reilly to shine, uh, maybe get a goal or, or be threatening against Hibs. Uh, personally, I obviously don't think Bernardo is at his level, but I think the manager will persist there because I don't think he's going to be playing a water. On, but then, OK, we've got a game on Wednesday, we've got, obviously... Ah, he's got to rotate there, though. Ross County at lunchtime on Saturday. I think what we would agree on, that Bernardo and Nawata have to be rotating because we can't go back to the Turnbull days. No. And I did see the highlights uh, of the game of the weekend today and Tumble's attempted chip on the top of the bar wasn't very good. Actually, Bernardo does shot just past the post. I after Hibbs had played some ridiculous passing out for the back that we failed to take advantage of. <laughs> well done, Celtic. But no, a bit difficult game on Wednesday. And it's one we need to win, really. Get back on track after the weekend. And yeah, but we'll talk about that uh, actually on Saturday because... Due to uh, personal reasons, uh, Stevie being a great guy, family man he is, we can't do a pod after the St Mirren game. But the good news is, there will be a pod likely from the great Molly Malone's on Saturday after the Ross County game with me and good old Dan. So it'll be me and Dan reviewing the St Mirren game and the Ross County game this weekend. So three podcasts in a week for the listeners, what a treat for them. And it's going to be the episode 200 soon. And unfortunately, we were going to do something special, but we're not now. Don't look at me, John. No, but we will do something special at the end of the season, though, so that is the plan. But we'll get, we'll get, we'll get Dan to do a face reveal. Yes, we'll get, we'll get Dan to tell you his real name. <laughs> no, before, because it's a Halloween, Halloween tomorrow, and we thought we better do a special Halloween-themed Celtic episode. And we're having a debrief. And we're having a debrief, the debrief of horror. It was a sore one for me having to pay for this, but <laughs> I, I will uh, recover. Yes, so thanks today for listening. You can get us in all the usual podcast platforms, you know where by now, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, etc, etc. And don't forget to get your pals to subscribe to the podcast on those platforms. We want more and more subscribers. The subscribers are going up by a week, is that correct? Correct. So we want that to continue to get more and more listeners. So we'll be back at the weekend with a bumper review of the St Mirren game and the Ross County game with me and Dan. And we'll have episodes next week as well because we're we're batting Europe when we play Atletico Madrid. Oh, good. What fun. And I'm going for a root canal as well, which will be more fun than the Atletico Madrid game. Right, so we'll speak to you all at the weekend. Thanks to you for listening. Good luck to Celtic. Don't give us a horror show on Wednesday night. See what I did there? And we'll speak to you all soon. Hail, hail.
Podcast Network.